Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's Tavares here, and I'm back on another episode of the Godly Dating 101 podcast. So, as you all may know, because this is seems to be a pandemic, I believe they're calling it now, we're in quarantine season and everyone is locked up and, you know, needs something to do. So what other, you know, resource than another podcast? But unfortunately, I'm quarantined with a toddler who's almost two. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no daycare. So it's pretty brutal. Um, I pray that this quarantine is going well for you all. I pray that your families are safe, that you all are okay. You know, but at the end of the day, we have to trust God. I'm not making an episode on on that because I'm not going to pay a virus much attention. God is bigger than the virus. God is a healer. God is our deliverer. Psalms 91 shows us that God is able to protect us. So if you're feeling discouraged with all that's going on, read Psalm 91 when you get the chance. And please understand that God is our protector. But back to today's episode. So it'll just be me. Um, I'll be diving into an important topic that I believe, you know, you guys just read the title. Something I believe can benefit you all. I'm going to be talking about my experience dating non-believers and what I believe are the pros and cons if you know, of doing such. Um, but before I get into that, I don't believe I should be able to just spout off my opinion. Let's dive straight into the word on where they get, you know, this whole unequally yoked talk. Um, so that'll be Second Corinthians chapter six. I'll be reading verse 14 through 18, just for some good amount of context. And feel free to follow along in whatever your translation is. But this is King James. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion have light with darkness, and what concord have Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them, and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them. And be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. I know I'm, I'm reading King James, and some of you probably 15, and only read ESV or NLT, and you're looking like, this dude is deep. But, you know, so follow along in your translation so you can get a better understanding. But I want to dive into that, and I believe it's important that we talk about, you know, being unequally yoked because we receive a lot of questions from people that are in relationships with people that aren't saved, they're in relationships with people of other religions, they're in relationships with people that may be, you know, in their church, but, you know, they just don't see things the way that they do. And I believe we have to talk about it, you know, so hopefully incidents in my past I can shed light on, you know, maybe you can relate, maybe not. But I want to talk about this one person I previously mentioned. I briefly mentioned her in a previous podcast, but there was a person who knew I valued the importance of baptism. You know, Jesus saying being born of the water and of the spirit in John 3, you know, and, you know, the apostles talk about baptism all throughout the book of Acts. And, you know, so that's something I've always valued. And I believe that, you know, a person should be getting baptized. You know, I believe all believers should do that, you know, but my issue with it was I don't believe someone should do it just because they want to impress you. I don't believe someone should be getting baptized or going to church just to impress you because baptism 
is more than just an outward show of something. You know, the Bible mentions in Romans 6 that we're buried with him in baptism. So I believe that baptism shows like we're dying to our old ways. We're dying to our past, who we was in the past. You know, so for something to be so symbolic and so powerful, you know, I don't believe that people should just do it just out of boredom. You know, because if I'm dying to my old ways, then that means I should have repented, you know. But this girl, she decided to get baptized, you know, she's trying to impress me. And I'm looking like, great, you know, that's good and all. But after we broke up, you know, she left church altogether. And to me, that was just pretty crazy because it wasn't like a breakup, like it ended bad. We were on bad terms. So she never wanted to go to our church or or it ended poorly that I gave a bad representation of who God was. And no, it was just we just broke up, you know, it wasn't God's will. And the fact that we broke up and she just never went to church again, it was just like, I thought you were the one talking about you want to get baptized, you know, stuff like that, you know, so it showed me that that was the moment I realized for myself, you know, that people would do stuff, you know, that looks spiritual to impress you when in reality, it's not in their heart. You know, you can be dating someone who they don't really mind that you're Christian. You know what I mean? They, they, they don't mind that you go to church. They don't mind that you read the Bible. They don't mind that you're modest. They don't mind all these things. However, when it comes to them, they're only in agreement as long as it gets them with you. So the moment you guys aren't together, a lot of them will walk away from God. A lot of them will walk away from the convictions that you thought they were holding. Because in reality, they weren't trying to serve God. They were really just trying to be with you. You know, but the issue with that is they can't get saved for you. They have to want to do that for themselves. You know what I mean? Like in anybody's relationship, you know what I mean? So if you were the person dating someone who's like, oh, baby, I want to get baptized. And you're thinking, wow, that's amazing. You're taking a huge step in your walk with God. By the end of the day, are they doing it to impress you? Because people do that in the world. Please don't be naive to the fact that people are very, you know, conniving. People are very, you know, I don't know the right word to put it and I don't want to sound rude, but people will do stuff to manipulate you, you know, so please don't be fooled just because someone does something spiritual. Um, Safa mentioned a previous podcast as well as as though she was dating a guy who wasn't saved and, you know, he would come to church with her and, you know, it's obvious he's not really feeling it, but it's the fact that he was going to church, he was reading his Bible that she thought, you know, he was, you know, showing effort, you know, in order to grow spiritually. But she mentioned one time he you know, butt dialed her by accident, you know, didn't mean to call her. And she's hearing him cursing and doing all kind of craziness with his friends. When in reality, around her, he's never cursed. So she didn't know he cursed. He knew that she she wasn't going to tolerate it. But it was the fact that they weren't, he wasn't living that lifestyle when she wasn't there. So you have to be aware of that, you know, because a lot of people will do these things, you know, to impress you. Another incident, you know, was mainly, I think it kind of went downhill for me, you know, when I went in the Navy. You know, and I know a lot of people are afraid to go off to school and afraid to go off to the military because they feel like everyone backslides when they, you know, go off to those things. But let me be honest with you. It's not the military that makes anyone sin. It's not college that makes anyone sin. If sin is in your heart, the devil's going to present an opportunity. You know what I mean? So please don't think, you know, university is, you know, the devil's playground. I mean, you know, it's pretty reckless. But at the end of the day, the point is, Sin in your heart, the devil, the Bible says in James that, you know, the devil only tempts us with stuff, you know, with stuff that is already in our heart. He entices us with our own lust because the devil can't get you to sin, you know, unless it's something that you actually want to do, you know. But after joining the military, I remember, you know, getting in relationships and I was thinking, you know, I'll bring him closer to God. You know, this is great. She looks great. You know, she's awesome. I'll bring her closer to God. When in reality, I was getting pulled further and further into the world. 
you know, so I wasn't going to clubs when I was growing up in church. My parents don't play that. And me, I didn't see the point. I never understood when, when I found out Christians were going to the club because in my head, it's like, what's at the club, bro? <laughs> like, aren't we supposed to be loving Jesus? You know, <laughs> I, I wasn't the type of guy that, that needed that type of thrill. I really love God. I really, you know, so, and I'm not saying they didn't, but uh, God convicts me differently, you know, and depending on your level of conviction, some things just won't sit well with you. And that wasn't one of them. But I realized that the more I wanted to date certain girls, you know, then, you know, I'm getting pulled into the world. Whereas, you know, I'm thinking, man, oh, you come back to my room, you'll see my Bible right there. You see all these Christian books. But chances are, she's not she's not trying to hang out with you to read a Christian book. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, so there were a lot of times when you know, I thought I was going to be pulling them away, um, pulling them closer to God. And I realized that I was drifting further and further away from God, you know, because you can't change a person that doesn't think that they need to change. You have to understand that they have to want that change for themselves. Someone has to want to be saved. God doesn't even force you to be saved. God extends his love. He extends his grace. And it's up to us to receive him. It's up to us to obey him. It's up to us to follow what's in his word. But God never forces salvation on us. You know, he draws us in by his love. You know, but it was a lot of times when I was thinking, you know, well, if I just go to the club one time, whatever, we just compromise. You know what I'm saying? I'll I'll just go to the club this time. I go Friday night, but Sunday you'll come to church with me there was no coming to church. There was always, oh yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Oh, in the future, you know, or, you know, they'll see something. It's like, oh, I love your walk with God, but they were never aiming to make that step themselves, you know? So you have to pay attention to these things because a lot of people are in relationships right now with unbelievers. And maybe you're with someone now who's who's making steps towards the house of God, genuine steps. And it's good. I'm praying that it works out. But at the end of the day, I'm mentioning my experiences. And I've realized that there are a lot of times there were people that were making steps but making steps because of me, not because they felt, you know, what God, not because they, they believed in God, but they really just wanted to, to make me happy. You know, so I mentioned briefly that I would say, you know, the pros and the cons to dating, you know, an unbeliever. And I'll just go ahead and straight into the cons because I believe those are the, the more devastating effects. Um, so number one thing I would say is if you have to compromise to get them, you have to compromise to keep them. And I say that because the Bible mentions in Proverbs thirteen twenty. I mentioned in several podcasts, that's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. He that walketh with wise men will be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. And I say that because you will become like the company you hang around. You will be like the people that you continuously associate with. You will, you know, eventually begin to act like them. You know, so understand something that if you met you met the guy at the club, chances are Bible study is probably not at the top of his agenda. You know what I mean? He went to the club, probably get a good little quick little hookup or just meeting some girl who's about the party life. You know, so you're meeting someone who's at a party, you know, you're meeting someone in like a a very worldly, sinful environment. Chances are they're not aiming to please God. So it's already wrong that you're there, but it's wrong that you're assuming that you could find a godly person in an environment that is completely sinful. And, you know, if you, and if ladies, if you think about this, let's be realistic. If you caught the guy's attention with sexual images, you're always naked on social media. Every picture is the side pose. You're trying to show how thick you are or everything is whatever, you know, a guy, you know, everything was sexual to begin. 
you know, when you're modest at church, you might be a little confused, like, whoa, you know, I didn't know she even owned clothes, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because this is like bikinied up all over Instagram, you know what I mean? So it's just like, you have to pay attention to these things that these guys may, and not just guys, because I'm talking to male and female, but people will see you and, you know, they'll see what you're claiming to believe and then they see you live in the opposite way. So if if you had to walk out on God to get that relationship, just know that, you telling them, hey, I want to stop fornicating. That doesn't mean they're they're going to be happy about that. You know, they they may tell you that they respect your walk with God. But at the same time, that doesn't mean they want to do that walk with you. And, you know, so you have to pay attention to these things, you know, when it comes to that. Because I know a lot of people that, you know, they get into relationships and, you know, they honestly believe that they can change the person they're with. And in reality, it's sad that we would ever think that because none of us are God. We can't make someone serve God. We can't make someone love God. We can make someone, you know, attend church. We can get someone to open a Bible. That doesn't mean we can get anyone to obey it. That doesn't mean we can put faith into their heart. You know, so don't think that you can date someone living lukewarm today and tomorrow that just then just flip a switch. Another point I want to say is, you know, they can turn your heart away from God. You know, so I want to read it's a couple of verses and I know I'm going to do a good amount of verses in this episode, but I believe that the wisdom is not coming from me. It's from the word of God. And ultimately, that's what we need to be obeying. But in first Kings chapter 11, verses one through four, again, I'm reading King James, but King Solomon loved many strange women together with the daughter of Pharaoh, when women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians and Hittites of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, you shall not go into them, neither shall they come in unto you. For surely, surely they will turn away your heart after other gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. And he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass when Solomon was old, that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. First Kings 11 verses 1 through 4. Guys, that is, that is, that is a scary thing to think about. Because a lot of us, we tend to think that we're, we're smarter than we really are. We like to think we're, we're stronger than we really are. We like to think that we know more than God. You'll never say it, but it shows in our actions. And the Bible mentions that Solomon is the wisest man to walk the earth, you know, and if the wisest man to walk the earth heard a command from God, knew that if he were to date a certain type of woman, it would turn his heart away. And he still did not follow and it still turned his heart away, despite how wise he is. Then that shows how easily we are susceptible to sin as well. You know, so pay attention to that, you know, because the Bible mentions that these were strange women and it doesn't mean strange looking. No, it means strange women as in other gods. They're worshiping other things of this world. And God is saying, if you date these type of women, they're going to cause you to worship their God. If you date these kind of people, they're going to cause you to live their kind of lifestyle. You know, so don't get me wrong. You can find a nice Buddhist. You can find a nice Hindu. You can find a nice atheist. You can find someone who looks amazing and they're agnostic. You can find, so you can find a whole bunch of people that fit a whole lot of things that you're looking for. But if they don't love the God that you serve, God did not send you to them. I need you to process that. It does not matter how good looking they are. 
It doesn't matter how handsome he is. It doesn't matter how good looking she is. If they're not willing to serve God with you, that relationship is not from God. That relationship is a distraction. Because think about this. If they're not serving God, automatically you two are heading in opposite directions. Because when we die, I know it's maybe not something you all think of, probably a bit morbid. Um, but when we die, we're all going to heaven or we're all going or we're going to hell. We don't have an in-between. There is no reincarnation. God gives us a second chance. We're going to come back as a squirrel and we're going to run around in the street. No, after death, <laughs> after death, the Bible says there's the judgment coming. You know, so you two are heading in opposite directions. So you're aiming towards heaven and them without knowing it. They're pointed towards hell. You guys have different interests. You guys are not going to be able to help one another as much as you would want to. And that's not because not because you don't you don't have the tools or not because they aren't genuine, just because we're born in sin and we're predisposed heading that direction and you're trying to live for God. You know, so if you guys are going opposite directions, now it becomes a tug of war. You're trying to get them in church. They're trying to get you in the club. You're trying to get them to read the Bible. They're trying to get you to relax a little. You're trying to dress modest. They're trying to tell you, you don't need to wear as much. You don't need to do as much. It'll always be a tug of war, you know, so and you will always have to try to resist the temptation to stray. The Bible says in Amos 3 and verse 3 that can two walk together except they be agreed. And I know that's that's not talking about, you know, two people dating, but it's a principle behind that, that if two people are going to work together, they should have the same motive. They should have the same goal in mind. Uh, myself, I don't believe that I'm married Safa just because she's beautiful. I, I see that God has a calling on my life and I had to date a woman that could help me follow that purpose. She had to find a man that could help her grow into her purpose. Because if we date someone that is just okay with me being Christian, chances are whenever you get lazy in your walk with God, they won't mind because it's no big deal to them. Um, whenever you get comfortable in your walk with God, they won't mind because in their head, you didn't have to do that in the first place. That's why you have to follow someone who's going to encourage you when you're weak. You have to date someone who's going to be able to uplift you, let you know what the word of God says. When you're frustrated, they're not allowing you to make them their God. They're letting you know that God is your strength. God is your source. You know, so it's important that you're dating someone that's like minded. You can't date someone who's in the world and think, oh, I, I'm, I'm strong enough to abstain from sin. You're not strong enough. None of you, no one listening to this podcast is strong enough. No one that walked this earth is strong enough to avoid sexual temptation or to get away from lustful thoughts. You know why? Because the Bible doesn't say, the Bible lets us know that we should resist sin. It says resist the devil and he will flee from us, but it tells us to flee fornication. It tells us to run away from sexual sin. It tells us to run away from sexual temptation. Why? Because any one of us can fall because it's something sexual... A sexual urge is something that's given from God. That's natural, you know, but a natural urge uncontrolled can lead to sin. And that's the reason why you have to make sure you guys are on the same page, because just like Solomon, we'll get ourselves turned away from God. We'll get ourselves turned away from the will of God. We'll get ourselves. And it wasn't just Solomon being turned away from God. It says his heart was turned away from God. So it doesn't matter what he did after that point, because his heart wasn't in it. His heart was with the other women. His heart wasn't in the house of God anymore as it was before. His heart wasn't as genuine before. And that's what these um, lukewarm relationships and these ungodly relationships do. You know, dating non-believers, they cause us to love other gods. They cause us to love the world. And 
that leads me to my next point. If we're um, loving the world, Bible mentions that God might view us as an enemy when we try to stay in the world. Now, I don't know about you, but <laughs> I don't want to be God's enemy. <laughs> you, know, you know, we serve a very merciful God. We serve a very gracious God, slow to anger. The Bible mentions that he's slow to anger, quick to forgive, quick to show mercy, quick to give grace. God is quick to do a whole lot of things and he's slow to anger. But the Bible mentions in James 4 and 4, hey, I'm not talking about you now. I'm just reading scripture. So please don't take this as though Tavares is taking a shot at me. But it mentions you adulterers and adulteresses. Know you not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. James 4 and 4. The Bible literally told us if we're still trying to be like the world, we're making ourselves God's enemy. The wrath of God is going gonna, is gonna to judge the world at one point. The wrath of God is not something that I think we should ever take lightly. I believe churches preach grace, which we should, but they preach it in a way that that gives people a fairy tale idea of God. People are serving a Jesus that never existed right now because they just assume I can do whatever I want. I love God. I'm going to make it in. Once saved, always saved. Let's go out and party, you know, and they get this false idea of God that we can we can serve God and yet do whatever we want. And I know I'm saying something that's not popular and I may get unsubscribed from this, but I'd be I'd be wrong or I'd be false if I ever try to give you a false illusion of God. The word of God is clear that we have to we have to be separate. When I started this podcast, I read that verse because I wanted you guys to know that the Bible says that we have to separate ourselves. God said, you know, he said, wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing and I'll receive you. Then he said, that's when he'll be a father to us. That's when we'll be his sons and daughters. You know, a lot of us, we just want, we want to say a sinner's prayer and then be the child of God. No, we also have to exit sin. We also have to leave sin. We also have to repent and turn away from sin in order to live a life that pleases God. I don't want to be on God's bad side. <laughs> you know, so you can be, you can pretend that you're as spiritual as you want to pretend to. But me, I know myself. I know I still have to work. I st- not not a works-based salvation, but I know I still have to let God work on me. I know I still have to obey his word. I know I still have to seek him in prayer and fasting. Because if I don't, I'm going to be inclined to live like the world. I'm going to be like my old nature. I'm going to be like my old selves. You know, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 33 lets us know that evil communication corrupts good manners. And your translation might say, uh, you know, your your character, because communication is not just what you say. It's your character, your behavior, and it's going to corrupt your behavior. So who you hang around is going to influence you. The relationships that you get into, they're going to either push you closer to God or they're going to push you further away. So please understand that you can't you can't just date whoever you want and think that they won't influence you to live in sin. You can't just just marry someone randomly and think, "Oh, okay, they'll serve God eventually." No, you might start end up living like them eventually. We can't just assume that we're stronger than the rest of the world. When the Bible said, "Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world." That's not what it was implying. It was not implying dating unbelievers. 
No, it's letting you know that the Holy Spirit is able to strengthen us and it's going to give us power over the plans of the enemy. But we're not letting us know that we should date non-believers and assume that we can just pray them through. You know, that's not what the scripture was saying. But I did a lot of cons. So I'm going to go ahead and let you guys know some of the pros to dating non-believers. Yeah, I know. I said it. There are some benefits to dating non-believers. And I specifically wrote down two because I can't find too many. The benefit number one to dating a non-believer, one, you won't be single. Yeah, um, because uh, apparently that's all some people want. Some people, they don't really want God. They just want want to get married. Um, and number two, you might not be in God's will, but, you know, at least you have someone to post on social media now. Uh, all right. I, all right. I, I'll be nice. That was sarcasm. That wasn't nice. But I'm being serious, guys. There is no benefit to dating a non-believer. I don't care what your pastor may say. I don't care what your friends may say. Your friends that decided to backslide and date a person in the world and then they got married. And you, while you're trying to serve God, you can't find someone that's godly to marry. Listen, I don't care what your friends are doing. Don't allow anyone's bad decisions to influence you to disobey the will of God. Just because someone else got married doesn't mean they got married in God's will. Just because someone else got married and they got that baby and you can't wait for a family does not mean they're in God's will. Don't think you need to compromise. There is no benefit, not one benefit whatsoever for you to go out and start dating a non-believer. What we need to be doing and making a greater emphasis on is evangelizing, witnessing to people, bringing people into church, introducing people to Jesus. Because if we do those things, we have more options. And then you don't have to worry about dating someone in the world because your church is going to be packed at that point. But that shows that we aren't doing much witnessing to people because our churches don't have anyone. You know, so I'm just saying, I ain't trying to throw shade at anybody. Because I know people like to use, you know, Hosea as an example. Like, hey, well, Hosea married a prostitute. Are you saying that that prophet was wrong? Are you saying he did? He wasn't the will of God? All right, let me just stop you right there before your thoughts may think that. Hosea did not want to marry a prostitute. Hosea was obeying the will of God. <laughs> so if you think you're about to go out there and go on the side of the street, hey, sister, um, um, the Lord sent me um, to, to start my Christian mingle account and witness to the lost. Listen, listen, I, I don't know what kind of cheesy pickup line y'all are using, but... Please don't think God's will is for you to go out and marry unbeliever. Hosea's case was different because God was using that for a specific reason. And not only was God using Hosea for a specific reason, God never told his other prophets to go out and marry unbelievers. He only told that one person. Please, let's not take one situation and make it seem like that's a doctrine. You know, and one thing we need to we need to make a priority and we need to emphasize is that your spouse needs Jesus before you start. Men, your spouse needs Jesus before you start pursuing them. And ladies, that guy needs Jesus before he tries to lead you. Because a man that is not being led by God cannot lead a woman properly. And fellas, a woman who's not submitted to the will of God is not going to submit to you as a husband. Because she's not going to submit to a man if she can't submit to God. You have to have that foundation first. Because it, it is only your walk with God that can keep your relationship when, t- when troubles come. Because they will. It won't always be perfect. But you need that strong relationship. And I know some of you may not be thinking about Hosea, but you know of other people, you know, who got 
married or they dated a non-believer and eventually they got saved. And I know that happens. I've seen it over and over again, you know, but please understand that some things are an anomaly. Some things are not common. Some things, you know, happen randomly. But just because someone else did something doesn't mean that should be the goal. I believe that a lot of times people step out of God's will when they start dating non-believers and then praying that they get saved when all you had to do is just date a believer because now you guys can build the kingdom together rather than you spending your entire marriage, you know, praying that they get saved. You know, so sometimes you get married, you know, and the spouse, you know, will eventually get saved. But sometimes you end up in a marriage whereas you're going to church with the kids and he's not. Or you're going to church with the kids and she's not. Or you're going to church and then the next parent is teaching them complete, the complete opposite in the way they speak, in the way they live, in what they allow on the television. So while you're there praying, you're fasting, you're speaking in tongues and you're doing all this and you have another spouse that's telling your children, God is not real. God is not necessary. Or you're telling them God is a figment of their imagination. And no, I'm not making any of this up. A lot of couples are in these stressful situations praying that God opens the eyes of their spouses. And if any of you are in that situation, please know I am praying for you because I understand how difficult that is when one person gets saved before the next. But for you who are single, single as in not married, or for you who are pursuing, or you who are waiting to be pursued, please understand that the foundation of your relationship must be Jesus Christ. It should not be how much money they make. It should not be how good looking they are. It should not be on anything this world has to offer because at the end of the day, none of it matters if we don't have Jesus Christ. None of it matters if you got married, if you and your spouse aren't praising God together. It doesn't matter if you, you know, you you post good looking pictures on social media, you know, if the person you're with is not going to serve God with you. None of that stuff matters. Who cares? Ultimately, we are here for the glory of God and your relationship should be determined to show the love of God and show God's glory in this world. This world needs more examples of godly couples. This world needs more examples of godly marriages. And we won't be able to show that if we're not living it. We won't be able to tell people, await on God when we rush God's timing dating a non-believer. We won't be able to tell people, how powerful a godly marriage is if we married someone who didn't love God or doesn't even know who who Jesus is. You know, so those are some thoughts that I want you guys to process. I know this was a bit of a heavy topic. It wasn't as joking, you know, as some of the others are. But if you know anyone in these type of relationships and you know they won't feel as though you're being mean or judgmental if you send this, please send this to them. If you guys are able, I'm asking that you go on Apple Apple Podcasts, give a five-star review. Feel free to keep sending in email podcast suggestions. We'll get back on this when this quarantine lets us, (laughs) you know, it's a bit hectic in our schedule, but I appreciate you all tuning in to the end of this episode. I pray as always that you guys will continue to listen. You guys will continue to be blessed. I pray that you guys will be ministered to because it's not about boosting our name. It's all for the glory of God. And as always, man, we appreciate you all. We thank you all for listening, subscribing, sharing. And until next time, we love y'all. Peace.